Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Our focus this morning will be on verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, as uh, you probably see in your Bibles, this is a beginning of a new section within the letter of 1 Peter. We had the initial greeting in verses 1 and 2, and then a blessing of being born again to a living hope. Here now in verse 13, and really for the remainder of the letter, but specifically through uh, the end of chapter 1, there is a call to holiness of life. That the work of Christ on the behalf of His people is not a work that should have no effect on our lives, but should affect who we are and how we live our lives. Even as we'll read that as a result of our salvation in Christ and because we are sons of God, we are to be holy for our Father in heaven is holy. So let us turn our attention now to God's Word as it is written for us in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through Him are believers in Christ, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us call out to him now in prayer. Father God, we come to you now at this time. And we declare our faith in your word. That is truly a word that was inspired by your Holy Spirit. We come to you now with the confession that if it were not for your current work of the Spirit, that we would not understand, that we would not have a saving knowledge of the gospel. And so we pray that as we enter the room of your word, that you might turn on the lights, that we might see the beauty and the power of your gospel. And we pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. We probably need a word for it, but I'm sure that you all will know what I'm talking about when you feel this ever-present force 
that tugs on your mind, distracting you from what you are doing. It's that urge you feel when you are enjoying a TV program, but you pick up the remote and decide to see if there's something better on. It's that impulse you have to stop reading the book that you're enjoying just to check your email. It's the itch you feel that you are missing out if you are not constantly switching up. There has to be something better out there. There has to be a better book, a better party, a better job than the one I have, a better school, a better church. No, there's not a better church. A better partner, a better life. And instead of focusing our minds upon what is important, we get distracted by the myriad of possibilities of what we might be missing out on. We sit next to our spouse each evening, phone in hand, hoping to find relational or social satisfaction through digital images and messages instead of seeking satisfaction through the sacrifice of our unconditional attention given to the person who is actually sitting there with us. The great irony of distraction is that it is driven by a hope of something better. Yet through failing to commit to one path, we miss out on achieving anything of importance. Think of it this way. You are taking your dog for a walk, maybe down on the Blackwater Creek Trail, Maybe out on one of those side trails and you let him off of his leash. As he's roaming around, all of a sudden, he bolts out in one direction. He goes to the base of an old rotted out tree and he starts digging. Now, as he starts digging, squirrels start flying out from everywhere. And he's hit a nest of squirrels and this dog wants nothing more than to catch one. This is completely made up. (laughs) The problem is he can't commit to one to catch. There's just too many choices. And so he runs from target to target, ever abandoning the chase of one in favor of the other. And he doesn't catch anything because he could never commit to catching just one. Our distraction is what keeps us from attaining the very joy, the very fulfillment that we desire to have so much. In our passage for this morning, the Apostle Peter is urging the church to a focused hope. He is urging the church to leave aside the false promises of fulfillment, to leave aside those things that would distract or blur their vision of a future inheritance in Christ. And to give their full attention to the grace that is coming. You see, hope is a future vision of the good or blessed life. And in this broken world, there are countless temptations that would call you to hope in them. A job, an investment, a health product. This woman, this man, this school, this house, this car, this dinner, this vacation, this sport, this child, this experience will give you what your heart desires. And like an over-exuberant dog chasing squirrels, we jump 
from one hope to another, expecting that this next one will be the one that will finally give us what we desire. Now, as Christians, our hope is to be in the Lord. Our hope is to be founded upon the work of Jesus Christ. Our hope is that by His perfect life, we have a right standing before God. That by His shed blood, we have forgiveness of sins. That by His resurrection from the dead, we have freedom from death itself. As those who have faith in Christ, our future vision of the good life, of the blessed life, is the hope that Christ will return one day and usher in a renewed universe, one that is free from sin, from the effects of Satan, and from death itself. And that by virtue of our adoption into the family of God, we will be given a place in this new world. A land to dwell eternally, where there will be no more pain, no more hardship, but only joy and eternal glory. And this is what Peter has called our inheritance in our passage. And it is this salvation, this hope, this inheritance to which we are called to give our focused attention. Have you come in this morning with a feeling of distraction? That ever-present compulsion to move to the next without the ability to focus on what is before you? Well, you are not alone. For even the first century church needed the admonition of God's Word to focus their hope. Now the first thing that we see in our passage for this morning is that if we have a focused hope, if we would have a focused hope, we must have a decluttered hope. A decluttered hope. Look at that first clause of our verse. There, Peter says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action. Now, rarely do I disagree with the decisions that the ESV translators make, but in this text, I believe that the more literal literal rendering of the text is in line. Many of you, if you look in your Bibles, you'll see there that there is a footnote, and it gives the richer translation of this verse. Therefore, girding up the loins of your mind. The image is that of a man who is wearing a long robe. One that is flowing. But he needs to tie it up so that he can engage in some form of work. Right? You can't run with a long robe on. You're going to trip over it. You're going to step on the fringe of your robe and fall flat on your face. So what do you do? You tie it up, up around your waist, so that you won't trip over it. Right? This is why people wear biker shorts. It looks silly, but it looks even sillier if your pant leg gets caught in the gears and you flip over the top of the handlebars. There are times when you need spandex to prepare for action. It gets every, it gets everything in line. And if you would have a hope that is focused on the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you need to begin to take steps to get competing hopes out of your life. You need to declutter your mind from all the distracting temptations that might trip you up on your journey home. It is the excess of competing gospels 
that creates mental distraction and supplants your hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what is distracting you? What is tripping you up as you seek to follow Christ? What squirrels are running across your field of vision tempting you to chase after something better? Have you given your hope for a secure future over to a well-funded retirement account and not to the infinite blood of the infinite value of the blood of Christ? Have you allowed your thoughts of relational fulfillment to be consumed with a desire to produce the perfect family gatherings? Instead of giving yourself to the fellowship of the saints? Has your hope for rest been placed in ever greater and more extravagant vacations and not in the world that is to come? Has your desire for your child's talents to be fully developed led to a week that is organized around travel leagues and practices in games and not Sunday worship? Has your desire for peace been sought in hours of mindless entertainment that will distract you from the anxieties of your work and her home life and not in the hope of an inheritance in Christ? Has your yearning for praise and affirmation led you to a life that is played out online with the hope that you will get one more comment or one more like on your post instead of setting your hope Upon the voice of the Spirit calling out within you, Abba, Father. The human heart is so desperate that we can become distracted by the slightest chance of joy. The smallest percentage of fulfillment will lead us away from our one true hope, our inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of our weakness, we need to be ever watchful to declutter our lives from these false hopes. We need to call out with the psalmist, Unite my heart, O God, to fear Your name. To say with all that we are, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Distraction and clutter. They're merely the result of delayed decision making. Right? You're not willing to fully commit to one hope, one vision of the future. You want to diversify your hope portfolio. But that's not a wise strategy. For you cannot serve two masters, nor can you rightly pursue two visions of the future. You will either hope in Christ or you won't. Will you make the decision today that by God's grace you will begin the process of girding up the loins of your mind? The decision to cut out the things that distract so that you can fully follow after Christ? This commitment will mean making willing decisions to leave aside practices and thought patterns. For some of you, it will mean making drastic cuts to the amount of media that you consume that distracts you. For others, it will mean severing your hope and finances by surrendering more of your money unto the Lord. For some of you, it will mean reprioritizing your schedule so that the practice of daily Bible reading, prayer and devotions and weekly Sunday worship become the non-negotiables of life because you are laser focused upon the hope of the coming of Christ. 
A focused life. A focused hope must be a hope that is decluttered. Now the next thing that Peter tells us in our verse for this morning is that a focused hope is a sober hope. A sober hope. Look again at our verse. Peter says there, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you. You see, we are called to have decluttered our hope. And we are called to be sober in our hope. Now, both admonitions are aimed at focusing our hope during our earthly pilgrimage. But there is a difference between the two. The first is like a command not to text and drive. And the second is like a command not to drink and drive. We should not text and drive because our attention is taken off the road. And we can end up in a ditch because we're looking at Instagram. On the other hand, if we are drunk driving, we might be trying with all of our might to keep the car on the road, but we're rendered unable to do it by the five margaritas we had at Me Patron. You see, there are temptations in life that will distract you. Right? Those things that clutter up our minds, a lot of them are actually really good things. Things that can be good and fulfilling in life, but they cannot, they cannot rise to a level to distract you from placing your hope in Christ. But there are other things. There are other temptations. There are other sins in this life that will make you downright drunk with confusion and sin. When Peter says that we need to be sober-minded, what he is saying is that we need to expel from our lives those temptations that exert addictive control over our behavior. Addiction blurs our ability to see Christ in His kingdom by driving us to behaviors that we would otherwise avoid. And I fear that there is a strain of the Reformed faith in the modern church today that has taken the toxicity of sin lightly, believing that our freedom in Christ means that we can walk in drunkenness in the name of liberty. But we will not make it home if we are driving drunk on sin. For the Lord says, strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Peter says to us, be sober-minded. Sin is not something that we are to play with. And if you would have a hope that is focused on Christ, then you need to keep your life free from the intoxicating influences of sin. For sin promises to you a future of blessing and joy, but then it takes from you the very thing it promises. Nevertheless, like an addict, we continue to return to the very drug we hate the most. Our sin will control our minds. It will control our emotions. It will control our actions. And we will do what we do not desire. But there is freedom from the addiction to sin. There is freedom and power not only to be forgiven of past sins, but to be freed from the power of future sins. For the Word of God would not proclaim be sober-minded if sobriety of mind were not available for those who are in Christ. Therefore, if your hope is in Christ, if your hope is in the return of Christ, then you are called to be sober-minded. 
Do you feel like your hope is blurry to your sight? That you can't quite see what you're going towards? It might be that you are intoxicated with the power of sin. Therefore, turn from it. Repent of your sin. Run to the blood of Christ and receive a mind that is sober, clear to focus on the hope of Christ alone. You see, a focused hope is a decluttered hope. A focused hope is a sober hope. And finally, a focused hope is a directed hope. You see, we're not merely talking about taking away false hopes. We are to direct our attention to one true hope. That is, we need to be able to say no to sin and distraction with a deeper yes to Christ and His kingdom. How do you declutter your hope? You focus your attention on the one hope of the gospel. How do you sober up from sin? You look to the glory that is to come at Christ's coming. Again, verse 13, there we read, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How do we live with a focused hope? We direct our hope fully to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Focus means choosing not to know a lot of things. So that you can truly know one thing. And the one thing that the word of God calls us to set our minds upon is the coming of Jesus Christ. Peter uses the phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ to speak of this truth. To speak of all that will occur when Jesus returns. For the return of Christ is the historical moment to which our hope aims. When Christ returns, the Bible tells us that we who have died in the Lord will be raised from the dead. That is, our bodies which entered the ground in death will be raised up to new everlasting life. We will then come before the judgment seat of God. And there we will be openly acknowledged as free from the guilt of sin and as a rightful heir of the eternal kingdom. We will then be ushered into the city of God where we will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Is this where your hope lies? Is your attention and mind fully given to that coming world? When you think about the future, are you making decisions that make sense for an 80 or 90 year life? Or are you making decisions that are based upon eternal life? When you are presented with opportunities to give for the advancement of the kingdom, do you weigh such decisions with an eye to how it will affect your earthly accounts? Or do you with hope in Christ allow your right hand to give without knowing what your left hand is doing? Youth and college age folks, are you making decisions about your career and about your future spouse based on eternity? Is that your focus in the way that you are making decisions? Are you going before God calling out to Him? Give me a vocation that will bring renewal of life both here and forevermore. Give to me a spouse, O Lord, with whom I might raise a godly heritage and through the offering of my life to this person display the love of Christ. Young adults, as you are establishing yourself in your career, 
Are you establishing patterns of service in the church and in the community that reflects your vision that one day the whole world will be renewed by God? As you begin to build your family, are you training, educating, and raising your children to hope in Christ? And when your body begins to fail, when your body begins to fall apart, Do you fall apart and despair yourself? Or do you, with good humor, say with great hope, that's all right. My body's falling apart, but I'm going to get a new one. This body is wasting away, but it is not forever. And when Christ returns, because that's where my focus is, when Christ returns, I'm going to get a better one. St. Augustine said, you'll be about 30 years old in your body. I'll take that. Renewed, strengthened, enlivened. Not by what you see here that is wasting away, but by focusing your attention fully on the coming of Christ and the inheritance that is being brought to you by His grace. For to have a focused hope, we need to choose to direct our hope towards one thing, one goal. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I remember as a kid, and maybe this still happens, but I'm not watching the TV shows that do this. When I was watching TV, they would often begin by saying something along the lines of, brought to you by, and then the name of some company or some donor who had given money to ensure that the show was aired. The last thing I want you to see in your text for this morning is a very similar phrase at the end of verse 13. There it says, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Please don't allow yourself to believe that your focus and your attention are what will bring to you the kingdom of God. We are not earning the blessings and the grace of the revelation of Christ by focusing our attention there. We are setting our hope on a grace that is being brought to us by Jesus Christ. For He purchased this hope for us by His blood. He is holding us firm by His hand of providence. And He is working all things together so that on the day of His coming, you will receive the inheritance that has been promised. Your work is not to produce this salvation. Your call is to receive what is being brought to you by the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you feel that tug, when you feel that unnamed pull that calls you to distraction, that calls you to switch up, that calls you to go after something different, By the power of the Spirit, set your mind fully on Christ. Fight the urge and by the power of God, live with a focus on what Christ is bringing to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to You now at this time and we confess that so often we are distracted. There are so many things that take us away from focusing on Christ. Whether it be hardships, 
whether it be temptation, whether it be sin, whether it be the length of the journey, Lord, we get distracted and we curve off of the road. We pray, O Lord, that by the grace of Your Spirit, that You would keep us on the path and that we would set our eyes upon Christ alone. We pray it in His holy name. Amen.